today we are talking the grapevine versus the root. Who's right? Who's wrong? Well, I'm here to set the record straight and to give y'all a little bit of information so y'all can stop falling for this okie doke. I'm Trezene and this is I'm Just Saying. Tuesday, the grapevine posted a tweet coming for the root. Here's a picture of the screenshot and the tweet right here. So the tweet which features a screen capture of a clip of its show being shown in a video hosted on the roots YouTube channel. The quote says, here it is on YouTube and this video is monetized. You didn't even give us credit in your description. How are we splitting this revenue? For those who don't know, the Grapevine did a full episode on the issue of cultural appropriation as it relates to the music artist Bruno Mars. This episode went viral as a direct result of the Grapevine's decision to pull a two-minute hot take clip from its own episode, which featured a very controversial but firm position from one of its panel members. That clip went viral, and as a result, it ushered in a national, and by national, I mean mainstream, discussion on this topic, making the issue of Bruno Mars and cultural appropriation headline news covered by a number of media outlets. So, The Root, which is a digital news media outlet, decided to cover the news story as well, which leads me back to The Grapevine's tweet. The Grapevine accused The Root of doing four things. One, not asking for permission to use this video clip. Two, not paying them for use of the clip. Three, complaining of removal of their watermark. And lastly, not crediting The Grapevine in the description area of The Root's YouTube video. All right, let's start with the case for the plaintiff, Grapevine TV. Here's the deal, Grapevine. You cut the clip, okay? You made the clip and you made this topic news. And you enjoyed that coverage, yes? Of course you did, because it made your clip go viral and significantly increased the views on the full episode, and you got interviews to highlight your organization and increase your likes, your subscribes, and your follows, which is precisely the effect that you wanted. Kudos. Nevertheless, remember that it is you who made your clip and the topic national news. The key word here, is news. Which leads me to one of my favorite subjects in the law, the doctrine of fair use. 
Fair use is a doctrine that allows for brief excerpts of copyright material to be lifted verbatim for purposes such as criticism, commentary, and news reporting without the need for permission from or payment to the copyright holder. Let me repeat that. Fair use is a well-established body of law that's been around since forever that allows news outlets to lift copyright material of someone else verbatim for things like criticism, commentary, and reporting on news without having to ask you for permission or pay you for a darn thing. Now, I hear some of y'all saying, well, Huffington Post and Teen Vogue asked for permission. Why didn't The Root? Well, hate to break the news to you, but they did it as a professional courtesy because they know that novices in the area of journalism, such as yourself, might not understand this area of law and getting your permission in writing is easier road than having to deal with frivolous legal claims and Twitter dragging after the fact. But at the end of the day, legally, they didn't ask to ask for your permission to use this clip to report the news. Now, they did have to give you credit though for the clip, but not for legal reasons, but rather to abide by an ethics rule in journalism, which is the avoidance of plagiarism. But let's be real clear, attribution, which is the act of citing the source of material, isn't a legal issue. And that is also well established in the law. In the law. It's simply an ethical issue. Don't debate me on this, don't at me on that, okay? I got a viral blog post on this because unfortunately, this issue of copyright infringement versus plagiarism versus fair use keeps coming up amongst black folks on this here Twitter. All this now though, leads me to discuss the case of the defendant, The Root. Now, The Root, as a news media outlet, it has the right to report news and use clips such as the one the grapevine cut and distributed itself to report that news. And despite what facts the grapevine has said in connection with the Root's use of this clip, that is exactly what the Root did. Here's what actually occurred. The Root did an approximately three minute news report providing its own commentary and criticism on the issue of Bruno Mars and cultural appropriation. It told a full story and gave a full analysis and alternative positions on this issue involving the conversations of those who garnered national attention. And since the grapevine was a part of the conversation, it used a mere 10 seconds of the grapevine clip. Why don't you run this clip so you can show everybody what it is. And at the 2018 Grammys, he took home six of the music industry's top honors. But lately, a renowned musician has um, reduce Mars to karaoke? The shade continues. He's a wedding singer. He's the person you hire to do Michael Jackson and Prince covers. Yet, Bruno Mars has an album of the year Grammy and Prince never won an album of the wow. year. Wow. That was harsh. Here's the thing. Yeah, 10 seconds. I don't think you got that from how carefully crafted the Grapevine screen capture and tweet was. And that is why so many of y'all on Twitter fell for this okie doke. Contrary to what the Grapevine may have led you to believe, the source of the clip is in the left-hand corner, which clearly says Grapevine TV, and which amounts to proper attribution of the source of the clip. There was no need to list the Grapevine in the description of the Roots video, because heck, the clip wasn't even the full focus of the video. The clip was an incredibly brief excerpt used to showcase the shade that was being thrown Bruno Mars's way, which is what made folks make this news. Matter of fact, 
If you actually take time to watch the entire video for The Root, you'll see that every single video clip used by The Roots credits the source of that video content, including The Grapevine. This, dear Grapevine, is the cost of doing business where you go viral and you become news. Judgment for The Root for proper usage of copyright material of others via the fair use doctrine. But in dicta, if you will, I would like to say shame on you, Grapevine TV, for being misleading in your tweet about how The Root used your content. You are clearly credited as the source of the clip and your screen capture was highly misleading for Twitter users and strategically so, making it seem like the three minute video that The Root embodied the entire two minute clip you circulated. Shame on you for invoking use of the Twitter do your thing to have The Root dragged and cause them to lose followers as a result of you misleading them and if I might say maliciously so about the situation next time consult your IP lawyer before going public, and two, use the tools YouTube has for DMCA claims. Why would you have your hive do your dirty work? It's not really a good business move, and it certainly isn't a good look. Your novice and your ego is showing. I'm Trezene. You can at me at Trezene on all social media platforms. You like what I said? Let me know. You don't like what I said? Let me know. But in either case, come with the facts, because anything less is simply your uninformed opinion. I'm Trezene, and you've just watched I'm Just Saying. Tresnay, I'm joined with Ebony the Writer. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. For those who don't know, Ebony the Writer is a dope and legitimate journalist. She's been an editor for uh, one of the oldest uh, African-American newspapers in the nation. Yes, um, yes. Yes, she's an amazing writer. She knows her stuff. I try to know my stuff <laughs> <laughs> as best I can. As best you can. Well, I think you do an amazing job. Thank you. So what do you think about this story between the grapevine and the root. What are your thoughts? Yes. So, first of all, excellent, excellent commentary oh, just now. So and I thank you for breaking that down for us. Because honestly, mm -hmm. when I first saw um, the Great Vines tweet and when mm -hmm. it came to my attention, mm -hmm. I was admittedly a bit agitated because mm -hmm. as a content creator of color, and you would know this yourself, sometimes a lot of times the bigger guys will, you know, pilfer yes. things yes. from smaller organizations and then use it for their own. Right 
you know, selfish use. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Not attributing where they got it from uh, and all those sorts of things. So it is a grave issue. So when I first yep. saw it, I was admittedly agitated. Mm-hmm. Your commentary further explained to me what went wrong on mm. on the side of the grapevine. Uh-huh. Um, I do agree that them misinterpreting the situation mm-hmm. and putting it out there, okay, Twitter, do your thing, was yes. problematic. Because then what happens is you have all these people who are a lot less informed, yes. but they want to hop on the bandwagon mm-hmm. argument thing that will go crazy and turn this into something that they it is not supposed to be. did. I was shocked yeah. at just how many tweets came in, you know, replying mm-hmm. and mentioning like, what, they did that? Why would they do that? And people yeah. tagging the roots saying, why aren't yeah. you saying something? You ain't ish. Your journalistic integrity is trash. I saw yeah. people saying, I'm unfollowing you, the root. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait. Yeah. And I think what happens is that there's this mob mentality when it comes to mm-hmm. social media. Instead of people adequately breaking down the facts mm-hmm. and doing this research mm-hmm. and their homework on their mm-hmm. own, it's like, okay, let's hop on this bandwagon. And then it turns into this whole, like, excuse my language, but clusterfuck. Uh-huh. What it made me think of mm-hmm. is there was a young lady, and I wish I could remember her Twitter handle, mm-hmm. but she accused a mainstream outlet of stealing a pitch that she had pitched them. Oh my gosh. Um, stealing that story uh-huh. and then having someone else basically write something that she had pitched them months ago okay. that they did not credit okay. her for or uh-huh. hire her to write. Uh-huh. When you further went through it, she was a black female writer mm-hmm. and a lot of times people were like, oh my gosh, that's so wrong. Why would they do that to you? But then when the receipts started coming out, mm-hmm. you found out that this young lady was completely incorrect. She pitched a certain story it was a very broad topic i want to say it was like sexual harassment or something okay. of that sort okay very broad topic okay. and her pitch was nowhere near what the actual story came out to be <laughs> I think I remember they were this. under the same topic but uh. yeah and it was completely ridiculous but by mm-hmm. her hopping on twitter twitter do your thing they hopped in the mentions and turned this into this big ugly thing that it didn't have to be i need hashtag twitter do your thing to disappear completely honestly because at some points it makes Mm -hmm. absolute sense and we do need twitter to do its thing sometimes you need people to get on these social media platforms and call a thing a thing to quote Mm -hmm. iyana i was watching iyana last night so that's all in my spirit (laughs) and there are other times though where that is extremely problematic because stealing from content creators of color Mm -hmm. is a huge problem yes it is statistically People of color are the first adopters of new technology. Yes. We make social media what it is. Mm-hmm. Vine wouldn't be, I mean, what it was. Right. It will not, would not. At yeah, all. It would not have been if mm-hmm. it wasn't for content creators of right. color. Um, a lot of these platforms, um, I'm not, you know, going to throw the root into this, you know, pot, but a lot of these platforms mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, purport themselves to be platforms for black people mm-hmm. using the black voice they're just stealing from black right. people right, right, right. repackaging the shit and then selling it right. back to us like this right. is cool right somebody that's a lot less discerning of the eye will think okay yeah this is legitimate mm-hmm. when all they're doing is stealing from content creators of color mm-hmm. it's a real issue and it needs to be dealt with but the great vine was just really really off base yeah you're absolutely right it is an issue i remember uh several years ago gawker was mm-hmm. a huge huge uh stealer yeah. from people of color and mm-hmm. the blog post that i actually referenced in the segment yeah. uh was in relation to something like that where mm-hmm. the gawker took something of awesomely lovey right and it was a huge thing and gawker mm-hmm. was always being accused yeah. of 
going in black people's tweets, mm -hmm. finding content, and then yep. lifting it, and you know, and that is yeah. that is a huge issue, and it it, it, is. it is across every industry. It's not just uh, you know journalism or writing. It is in yeah. every single industry. I think I just did a story on Prime News mm -hmm. about a black tech company. Literally, a, a big white one came, stole yeah. their invention, and you. It, it happens, happens to people of color all the time. Exactly. And it is usually because we're creating, they mm -hmm. know all the law, they know all the yes. technical stuff, and they have access to more resources. And that's an excellent point that you brought up about having your affairs in order. <laughs> Understanding the business <laughs> yes. is extremely important because being creative is one thing, and that's important. We yes. need creators of color, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we need business people. We need people with the acumen to know, mm -hmm. like, how do I do this and protect myself? How do I copyright things? A big argument a long time ago was the word fleek. You know, it was yes. popularized yes. by, you know, a young black girl. Mm -hmm. Now it's turned into God knows what. Yep. Did she get any bit of that? Absolutely not. Nope. I was at work the other day mm -hmm. and I saw a paperweight uh, sitting on this woman's desk that said, Almost ain't said. nobody got time for that. <laughs> Literally looks like something you would buy from Home Goods or TJ Maxx. Oh my God. Do you think... A girl got a dime no. from that? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. So we're creating. Mm -hmm. We popularize these things. We make it what it is. We make it pop. And we do not do the things that we need to no, do so that we not. can have the legitimate proof that we yeah. own it and the legitimate exactly. proof to say that we are entitled to some type of mon money or revenue from it. Yeah. I mean, it's happening even with Feminista Jones right now. Um, wow. Her you okay, sis hashtag. Mm -hmm. um, I think I saw... Another black creator, oh, uh, Black Girls Are Magic, and another hashtag mm -hmm. that she created where, you know, they were bantering on Twitter, like, you know, I'm trying to solve this issue of people taking what I've exactly. created, and I just want to reach out to them and say, um, you don't get any legal protection from creating a hashtag. You don't yeah. get any. You, you have to actually put it on something. You have yes. to use it to show that it is a source of a product or a service. Exactly. And you need to file paperwork showing when you mm -hmm. first use it, and then you can prevent other people from using it. Yeah. And, and I, it just happens over and over again. So yeah. I just wish people would just understand how it works so that when you do have a legit problem and the actual legit methods aren't working, yeah. then you could call your hive in yes, to, to help you out. It. Yes, so I want Twitter <laughs> to do his thing and teach people <laughs> about intellectual property. Yes. We have Trezene, she's getting people together. We need more of those conversations taking place, mm -hmm. honestly, because I think it's beautiful that we have all these creators of color stepping mm -hmm. forward, you know, having these important mm -hmm. conversations, creating really good and solid content. Yes. I think that's a beautiful thing, yes. but at the same time, we need to make it make sense. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I wonder if we have any comments at all. Let me see. Let's see. I am not seeing any on the Facebook um, just yet. But something that I did mm -hmm. want to say um, yeah. is that they also called out the producer <laughs> oh, of uh, the video. Yes, they uh, did. <laughs> I don't know if she goes by Felicia or Felicia, um, but she works for The Root. Uh -huh. So then Great Vibe called her out as well. Okay, I want, I want you to know that mm -hmm. the video you produce is yes. using stolen content. Yes. So yes. then they're sending, you know, the Twitter the, has to go after this young lady yes. who's just doing her job. Yes. Uh, the Root still has not responded. And they shouldn't. Yeah, at this point, they have not responded. <laughs> I'm the so glad that they did it. Up. Yeah, the video is still yes. up on YouTube. Um, but I did notice something pretty interesting. Yeah. So two days ago, mm -hmm. they tweeted, is hashtag the root white owned? Are we just mm -hmm. racist, anti-white propaganda machine? Welcome to this week's clapback mailbag. And in that article, 
they just pretty much go through all of the um, comments that they get on a regular basis about them being uh, white owned or apparently they're owned by Hispanic people and white people who just want to control what black people are talking about. Yes. Yeah. So that's the thing that's that's out now. Um, We can thank. Dr. Boyce Watkins yes, you can. for, you know, mm-hmm. perpetuating that yes. conversation. Yes. Um, I think there is a conversation that needs to be had about how much uh, control yes. black people have of the content that they're yes. creating and yes. the platforms that it's being placed on. Yes. Uh, I come from black media. That's, mm-hmm. you know, where I was before, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing what I'm doing now more independently. And even before that, like I've always worked in black media. So I think it's very, very important that those platforms are, are uplifted. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like we can't, uh, somebody said this to me a long time ago and they said, we cannot uh, burn down the house we have to live in. Mm. So these platforms, Mm -hmm. um, they are employing a lot of black writers. They are. um, A lot of black content creators that otherwise, unless they were able to by some sort of alchemy, create something that made money themselves that's to where right. they didn't have to be employed by these places. Right. That's one thing, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm just like, okay, we can't just destroy stuff just based off of like these arbitrary random that's rules right. about who can own what. Right. Like, I think that's crazy. It is very crazy. So yeah. can, I, can I interject on that? Yeah. Um, so I would like to add to that, that <clears throat> at this point, first of all, black people know that they are creators of trendy pop culture content, right? Yes. Yes. Whether it's actual content right. like what we're doing now or just an mm-hmm. off you know, brand comment, mm-hmm. Twitter hashtag, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So what are black people doing wrong in a situation that white people are doing right? White people are capitalizing on it like that, Immediately. grabbing it yes. and yeah. monetizing it. Yes. So as a black community, how about get ready for that? And as soon as something comes on, capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Make your money off of your thing immediately yes. instead of sitting around and being happy that it's a trend. Yes. Don't be satisfied that it's a trend. That's right. Yeah. The trend is the first step. The very next step is to monetize That's that. absolutely right. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Absolutely. So the, the thing is, you have to know who to go to and to capitalize on it. And mm-hmm. so I feel like that's where white people always win. They got their people. They got the accountant, the lawyer, the this, yeah. the that. You know what I mean? Like your mm-hmm. capitalists, your whatever. You 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 have access yeah. to all that. You know who to pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. And you typically either have yourself access to resources to get this done, or somebody yeah. who understands that money can come from and they'll give it to you. Yeah, we don't have that. And you know what? I think it speaks to a larger issue of um, in the black community. There mm-hmm. is almost like there's this stigma around. Uh, making money off of things and Mm -hmm. going the legal route. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are either small business owners or they want to have nonprofits. They're in the process of doing so. And one of the first things that comes out of people's mouth is, I'm not doing this to make money. Okay, and that's all fine and well, but that does not mean that the paperwork does not have to be in order. It does not make sense. I can't tell you how many small business owners I've asked about, Mm -hmm. oh, well, can I pay you electronically? What? Well, I, I don't I don't do all that. I don't oh, do all that. Yes, cash I'm not, only. I'm not cash only. I'm not <laughs> dealing with a paper trail. And I've had people explain to me in great detail mm-hmm. why they refuse to do so. And I'm just like, well, you kind of there, there are some certain things that you kind of have. That's right. To do. That's right. I understand. Maybe you want to create an alternate society in which you do not <laughs> do things 
<laughs> you know, based on capitalism and the rules of capitalism, if, if that's what you want, uh-huh. that's completely fine. But you're but here. Right now you're here. This is what we do. This is how things operate. It's so funny yeah. that you mentioned like people not wanting to have a paper trail. And I'm like, yeah, but you want to qualify for that apartment and you don't got nothing to show that you have a source Absolutely. of income. You probably should know how to represent your yes. business income in the form of a Schedule C. Like you yeah. have to have a paper trail for that. It's yeah. amazing how much you'll see actually on Twitter where, mm-hmm. you know, women will say, how do I do this? How can I still be self-employed and get there? And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Listen. It's like lost school one-on-one visit mm-hmm. like it's not even one-on-one it's like a prerequisite yeah. boot camp before you even get there listen it's important to find your lawyers in your community and work with them and mm-hmm. you know to learn this information so that you, you you're not a part of this but yeah. you can make money off of what you create absolutely we and got, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that no we got a question producer no right you you actually have uh a comment on facebook <laughs> oh, yeah uh, <laughs> let's uh, see <laughs> Staffer contributor uh, Rafael Martinez says, Tres just became one of the sexiest women in the world to me by going all legal beagle. beagle. Goodness gracious. That's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's pretty much where we're at. I hope the grapevine doesn't ever do that again. Um, in terms of just putting stuff out there, you know, because I feel like you you just kept trying to ride the wave of the viralness yeah. that you were getting, and so you were yeah. trying to start another beef, mm-hmm. so that you there was no need for that. There, there was, was no, no need, need for a beef whatsoever and like you so eloquently pointed out Mm -hmm. the attention that they got based off of this whole thing going viral i'm just like do you know how many videos there are out right now about bruno mars being a culture vulture it is the hot topic of conversation no matter how tired it is in my humble opinion Mm -hmm. i'm not even gonna go down that road (laughs) but the conversation is at this point is getting played but Mm -hmm. I mean, it blew up. It, it turned blew, into this whole into up. this whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. So I think instead of the whole clapback culture, people really, really need to just be focused on mm-hmm. doing excellent work. It's like let's focus on doing excellent work. How can we maximize this, you know, for ourselves in a positive way and take mm-hmm. it even further, take right. it another step further? Right. But it turned into this whole this whole thing that it didn't have to be. It didn't have to be at all. Yeah. I think they even had a tweet where they're like, hey, this went viral. Can we make our next episode go viral? And I'm like, yeah, focus yeah. on your next episode. Yeah. And you know, you got new followers, you got new subscribers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you did enroll with that. Yes. And then when the next one is hot, the next one is hot. Do the work. And do, oh my God, do, do the work. Do the work. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end this yeah. segment. Uh, coming up next, we have our next versus, which is Johnny Man Manziel versus Colin Kaepernick and Jayco is it is going to lead that discussion and we will be right back after this break.
welcome back to the Sunday edition. I'm Trezene and I'm joined with Jayco. <laughs> Say hi, Jayco. Hey, Jayco. <laughs> All right, Jayco, you want to introduce this next topic? Yes, Go yes, right ahead. I do. All right, so recently, because um, uh, he has remained unemployed. Who, um, Colin? Johnny, yeah, Colin. Nope, not oh. Colin. Oh. We're talking about Johnny Manziel. All right. Um, has remained unemployed. Um, he has recently been drawing comparisons to Colin Kaepernick um, because they are two quarterbacks who people feel maybe should still have a job in the mm -hmm. NFL and mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. So Johnny finally came out and he had this nice um, Twitter, I wouldn't even call it a rant, just he, he made some really excellent okay. statements. Okay. Um, and, and, and as far as this, I'm on his side with these statements. Um, okay. Unfortunately, I didn't provide this graphic, so I'm going to read it. Okay. Uh, it says, this will probably cause an uproar, but I'm tired of the Kaepernick versus myself comparison and anger. Cap is doing amazing things right now, changing lives and donating millions of dollars. His impact off the field from a societal standpoint is legendary and straight admirable. Standing up for people who often don't get heard and for a race that continually deals with problems after problems in this country for centuries. This world we live in is absolutely crazy, and I believe what he's doing has an amazing impact. The facts of the matter are the reason he's not being signed are non-football based. The guy took a team to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. continuously wreaked havoc on the NFC West and the league. Maybe he had a bad year or two, uh, year two years ago, mm -hmm. but he's not a bad player, and that is a fact. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, the guy still has a lot in the tank, but it's not my place to say what he wants to do with his career. All I can speak for is myself and trying to turn my life around from the depths it was in. God bless and have a great Saturday. I rock with you, Kaepernick. You've always mm. been good to me, wow. and I appreciate that. All the best in your journey and friend, whatever you, wow. wherever that takes you. That was a very it, nice It was statement. very nice. It was eloquent. Mm -hmm. It was strongly worded. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. So here is where my discussion comes in. All right. The fact that news media outlets and fans of the NFL would even fix their mouths to say that there is a comparison between Johnny Manziel and Colin Kaepernick is completely ridiculous. Uh, uh -huh. All right, it is totally off base. Uh -huh. And I and I actually mm -hmm. have a little bit of a breakdown before I go into why. I think this will illustrate okay. why. So if you want to say we're going over the Johnny Manziel timeline. All right, right let's now. hear it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So first and foremost, Johnny Manziel, he is a uh, he he became the first freshman to win the Heisman Trophy. He was playing for Texas A&M. Okay, that's impressive. Talent. Going out there, killing it, mm -hmm. lighting up the field. Got a nickname, Johnny Football, right? Mm -hmm. I, I was that's like, nice. wow, that's a that's a cool nickname, Johnny Football. <laughs> Ebony, when I was telling the story to uh -huh. Ebony about what was happening, she uh -huh. said, "Is he black or white?" I said, "His name was Johnny Football." <laughs> They're not giving that no. nickname to a black person. Never. <laughs> that ain't happening. So good old Johnny Football, <laughs> throwing all across the field like. Thousands of yards, mm -hmm. right? Won mm -hmm. the Heisman, first ever freshman wow. to win the Heisman. So stock is on the rise, uh -huh. right? Uh huh. Next, freshman season. Mm -hmm. Well, he got arrested. Manziel, redshirt freshman at Texas A&M, was arrested and accused of disorderly conduct by fighting failure to identify himself to police mm -hmm. and having a fake ID. He Whoa. pled guilty to falling, excuse me, failing to identify himself when pol with police, and he counts. A possession of fake driver's license and disorderly conduct 
were dismissed. Ooh. Now, I don't remember now. This was his redshirt fre freshman season, okay. which was, this was before he won the Heisman. Okay. I don't remember hearing a whole lot about it. Yeah, he's, he's still alive. Right. right? After that, he's yeah, well, Right. Yeah. He's still alive, and it wasn't, it didn't affect his actual freshman season. Wow. Right? Okay. All I remember hearing him about was how he was, how amazing he was. Okay. Right? Jeez. So, fast forward, 2014, he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. He gets selected at the age of 21, mm -hmm. but his professional career soon becomes turbulent. Turbulent, excuse me. He enters rehab. <laughs> now they didn't say what kind of rehab. Huh? Okay. Right. They just he just entered rehab. Okay. All right. And the Browns released a statement supporting this decision. All right. April 17, 2015, Manziel leaves rehab. Okay. He released a statement saying, I owe private apologies to a lot of people that I disappointed, but a very public one, the Browns and the fans that I let down. All right. Okay. Typical apology. October right. 12, 2015, another police encounter. He's Dang. in Avon, Ohio. In a dash cam video, a police officer pulls up to Manzio and his girlfriend, Colleen Crowley, parked on the side of the road and tells him about, quote, numerous calls about their speeding BMW. Crowley tells police Manzio hit her several times to prevent her from leaving the car, but no charges Domestic were filed. Violence? No, no charges? charges were Yowzes. filed. January 30th, girlfriend, Manziel restrained me and attacked me. So she said, Manziel, I didn't mean that to sound sarcastic if that was. Um, <laughs> Crowley says Manziel restrained her, hit her, and threw her in a car. Oh he hit God. me with his open hand on my left ear for jumping out of the car. I, I realized immediately I could not hear out of that ear. Wow. Now he said he denied hitting her. So the case goes to the grand jury, oh my and they referred his case to a district attorney as misdemeanor, misdemeanor assault and domestic violence allegations. Okay? Ooh. March 11, 2016, Johnny Manziel is no longer with the Cleveland Browns. Sayonara, you suck. Then, April 13th, his agent drops him. <laughs> Said, I can't deal with your shit. <laughs> Shape up or ship out. He never shaped up, so his agent never brought him back. April 26, 2016, Manziel gets indicted. A Texas grand jury indicts Manziel on assault charge, accusing him of intentionally and knowingly oh and God. recklessly causing bodily injury to Crowley. Manziel's attorney says he's the 23-year-old will plead not oh, guilty. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. I just gave you a rundown of all this shit that Johnny Manziel did. Yeah, uh-huh. Leading up to him getting released as, you know, basically a distraction, a sideshow, too much going on. Not to mention while he was on the field, he did not produce. Okay, so he wasn't having like a stellar career. No, okay. no, absolutely all not. Right. He, his transition to um, the NFL was not smooth. You know, maybe had he not had so many off-field tr troubles, mm -hmm. he would have been able to develop a little better. Okay. But he didn't get to focus on football. So, now the Revolution wanted me to go over um, a timeline. He suggested, hey, do a timeline for Colin Kaepernick. Okay. I just want you to go to this next slide. August mm -hmm. 26, 2016, Colin Kaepernick sits during the National Anthem. The 49ers did defend him. Uh, there's nothing else to talk nothing about else? in this. Because that's, that's, that's all that... He <laughs> did. Like he was born. Like I could go he got through. Drafted, he did well. Right. He took a knee. Then he took the Super Bowl. <laughs> took a knee. 
Bada bing, bada boom. He does not have a job. All right. So you can tell me where is the comparison between these two coming from. Now, Kaepernick, you can say what you want to about him. He has statistics. Mm -hmm. Statistically, mm -hmm. he is better than I think about 90% of the football players oh, wow. that got drafted as backup or even starting. Okay. Uh, sorry, signed as okay. backup or even starting quarterbacks on teams that needed a quarterback. Okay. So, as a white person, mm -hmm. you could completely trash mm -hmm. your image. Yes. You can drink, you can be reckless, mm -hmm. you can go out and assault people, you can be belligerent to cops. Let's, yes. let's talk about that real quick. Yes. Johnny Manziel shows that he can do exactly the opposite of what yes. Kaepernick is protesting. Yes. And it wasn't that he was even just being belligerent in some of those pullovers or traffic mm -hmm. stops. He was falsely identifying himself. Yes. You were giving a false identity to yeah. the police. He's like, hey, I'm Johnny F Basketball. <laughs> nice to meet you. I play for Texas University. <laughs> They'll never know. They'll never know. Like, I know people who have given false names mm -hmm. to the police to avoid whatever, and it always catches up with them. Always. And they don't get away scot-free. Mm -hmm. You are getting those charges, okay? I wouldn't say always. I have been in a situation with someone, possibly in this room, mm -hmm. where one of the group, the people in our group, mm -hmm. gave a false name mm -hmm. and did not have ID to prove one way or the other, mm -hmm. and we got away. You got away? Mm -hmm. Were you with them? I was with them. Where were I, Absolutely. I think I was the one driving, which is why we didn't get mm. arrested, but... Uh, but did, it did. did. Did said person use an accent? Said person did. What accent was used? <laughs> I don't know. What, what did it sound like, possibly? I, I can neither confirm <laughs> nor deny. <laughs> all I know is, all I know is, Fact. Mm -hmm. In the state that that happened, one year later, a law was passed <laughs> requiring you to produce ID when cops pull you over. And if you don't, they got to do whatever. There you go, ladies. As in arrest you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a year later. A year later from that, they passed like, dang. Um, I'm going to attribute that to y'all. I'm, I'm going to attribute it to y'all. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So... My point is, mm -hmm. all of the things, this, this is further illustration of all the things that a white person, yeah. and I'm going to tell you something right now. Yeah. If he puts in a good workout for somebody, Manziel will get signed. Yes, he will. Yes, he because will. Because he's a rehab project. He's a, uh, he was down, mm -hmm. and now he's coming up. You know, mm -hmm. he, he's the football Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Less talent, of course. But... <laughs> You know, I mean, like, how many times was Robert Downey Jr. in court? So and still kept getting jobs, so still kept getting released and getting jobs. Yeah. And now look at him. So that's the white people's proof that, look, you can finally get your shit together. That's right. After the seventh arrest. That's right. 
and it be a productive member of the Marvel community. That's right. The, it reminds me of two things, mm -hmm. the situation. One is, is that when it comes to, and this is in any arena, when it comes to white people, if you make a mistake, it is a part of the learning process. Mm -hmm. It is a part of the learning curve, and people will cape and cover and excuse and say, oh, he's just a boy. We hear that a lot when it comes, you know, for a lot of gun shootings mm -hmm. or whatever. He's just a boy, or he's learning, he's still new, he's mm -hmm. still wet behind the ears. And it's a part of the grooming, mentoring, and hoping that they turn out okay. Mm -hmm. uh, black people, Latino people, not afforded that at all. You see that in the workplace, like, listen, if you make an error, it is, default the presumption that you are inferior yeah. it is default the presumption i knew they'd be trouble is default position you shouldn't be here black people come into a situation having they don't start with two strikes no. they actually have already struck out yeah so they've already. already caused an out already when they come into the situation so i'm like you look they're coming like well, you've already been a liability but how i just got here that's how black people are treated in, exactly. in workspaces and right. social situations that is right that is right. It's why I advocate to people of like, you're gonna go work in a white space. Try to find a place where you got a mentor of someone empowered to cape and cover for you when you make error because you're going to need it. White boys got it. White people got it. They got some. Oh, they're just you need somebody to cover and cape for you. So I see that in here as well, where white kid gets all the grace yep. to try to turn the corner. I also see the effect, of course, of politics, right? I think I forget who I was having this conversation with. It might have been the revolution where we had this issue of a personal problem versus Colin Kaepernick introducing politics in an arena mm -hmm. where white people already feel like you're, you, you've got an advantage. Don't bring that issue here. You should be grateful that us white people watching, this is our sport, and we've allowed your Negro butt to be on the floor, on the floor, on the mm -hmm. field, mm -hmm. entertaining us, because mm -hmm. that is your job to entertain us. How dare you bring politics in here, you yeah. ungrateful Negro? We pay, we pay your salary. Well, let let us let me be very clear in that. Uh -huh. let, let's really let's really talk about Colin Kaepernick, right? Yes. Yeah. You have to be very mindful that that they are especially offended with Colin. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. One, like Colin, uh, you're half white. Yeah. They love they love playing the half white card uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. when it benefits yes, them. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yes. So one, Colin, you're you're half white, right? Uh -huh. Right? Then the other one is, Colin, you were you were raised white. Uh -huh. Like where are you getting this from? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So if you were raised white, you were raised right. Like what what are you talking about? And you're a millionaire and you why would you they do not understand mm -hmm. why you would help them out. Right. Exactly. You're not right. one of right. them. That's right. And no one right. wants to say that part mm -hmm. aloud. Mm -hmm. And and I think that even black folks uh -huh. don't even want to say that. Because it's it's that thing of <sighs> colorism mm -hmm. yeah. to admit that you know here is this guy who is essentially saying like hey I'm foregoing being quote unquote That's biracial right. Right. being on the other side of the spectrum right. I'm foregoing all of that and I know that I'm black and I am accepting all that comes with being a black man mm -hmm. in America mm -hmm. and I'm not having straight hair I'm not going to. I'm going to make sure it is an afro. Right, that's I'm right. going to do, you know, go out of my way, 
and they are infuriated because it starts with confusion like yeah. why are you doing that yep. and mm. then it becomes anger and they've been angry at him this entire oh, yeah. time they're angry so yes great white angst white anger is just we're so angry because nobody respects or understands us <laughs> it's delicious white anger is delicious it is it is also one of uh, it's a petroleum base it's petroleum base. yes yes, yes. So it's, it's a petroleum flammable. base you can use it as a fuel mm-hmm. you can use it as a lubricant mm-hmm. a personal lubricant mm-hmm. and automotive lubricant mm. you can lubricate a lot of things um and and if if treated properly, mm-hmm. um, you can use it as a seasoning. It's it's a very brackish seasoning. It, huh. It's a very salty, <laughs> salty, very disgusting, very salty, salty very salty. brackish, disgusting. <laughs> oh my god! Go. I'll pass on no, that. No, no, no white anger <laughs> yeah. seasoning for you. Bro. Not for me at all. Yeah. Zero zilch. I'm trying to taste if I had any in my mouth, like naturally. But no. No. No, I don't. Okay. I'm not angry right now. Though. Okay. Yeah. Um, Why the black ladies love you. So. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the, the last the last bit about this is mm-hmm. I just want to mention or reiterate that Kaepernick is suing the NFL for collusion, right. and he has That's a right. very strong case based off of who has been signed, and his statistics again. Mm-hmm. The football only statistics. Mm-hmm. He uh, he is overqualified versus a lot of people that have gotten jobs over him. So, you think he ever going to be able to come back, or is it over for Colin? Uh, it's over for him. Okay, it's over. Okay, yep. All right. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Thank you so much, J. Cole. Absolutely. And I think coming up next, we will have the next versus the Black People versus Killer Mike versus the NRA. Yes, I think Ebony's coming back. Ebony's on coming back. That. Yeah. Well, so no one loaded the video. There was a video. Oh, the edited. Killer Mike video. It's in there, though. We'll, Where we'll is get it at? That on the break. I, I got you. You sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all gotta see this clip. Okay, if they didn't see it. If you haven't. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be for our final segment. All right.
everybody, welcome back to the Sunday edition. I am Trezene, I'm joined again with Ebony the writer. This versus involves black people versus Killer Mike mm. versus the NRA. And for those who have not seen uh, the clip just yet, let me give you a little bit of background. So yesterday was the, uh, yesterday, day before, the March for Our Lives. March for Our Lives, uh, yes. Rally where a lot of students, young people came mm -hmm. around the nation to talk about the issue of gun control, yeah. gun violence, and basically marching for their lives. There yeah. were a lot of speeches given, mm -hmm. um, a lot of attention from the media on it. Yes, they're saying that right now, um, I guess the numbers still have to come out, mm -hmm. but they're saying it, it's probably the uh, biggest organized uh, march in DC as far as like just wow. individually organized wow. demonstration. So we'll have to see, but that is yeah, amazing. It was it was huge. Yeah, it was huge. Um and this clip surfaced on NRA TV. Yes, that is the official yeah. <laughs> NRA their TV where Killer Mike, a rapper uh, I don't know his rest of his credentials. <laughs> uh, rapper, uh, activist, uh -huh. uh, Second Amendment enthusiast, mm -hmm. also a uh, marijuana enthusiast. Yes, all those, all those good things. Yeah, he did yeah. an interview with the NRA on NRA TV. On NRA TV, yes. And uh, it was kind of long, but we do have a clip for y'all to see. Check this out real quick. But this idea that because I'm a gun owner, or I'm I'm hardcore about the Second Amendment, or so. you know, you know, from that perspective, it's like. That doesn't mean that I lack the empathy or the ability to sympathize. Not with at what all. Happened. That's not if all. anything, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. It's like we disagree about how we both want to save these kids' lives. Yeah. Period. But somehow, because my method doesn't agree with your method, yeah. I'm a monster. Yeah. Or something wrong. And that's with unfair. It. You know what I mean? I have worked as a tireless advocate on the behalf of children, disenfranchised women in my community. Yeah. Um, and I've also worked with gun groups like Georgia's Against Gun Violence that are not, you know, the, the most pro well, second. Yeah. But I say if, if there's a table to be sat at, the gun owner needs to be there. So I kind of try to see a problem from the whole perspective. And there have been things that you've disagreed with me. There's been that I disagree with you as friends. We've talked, right? But there was something dead on that the, the woman who's an NRA spokesman said. And everyone oh, just kind of lost it. What's her name? Dana. Dana. Dana said something. I don't agree with anything Dana says, but Dana says that the tears of white mothers are are like ratings, and, and that's and that's so true. And it was so sad to hear her acknowledge it, but it's true. And and black people know it's true because black people say it in conversations in coffee houses to themselves. There's a lot of people who think they woke out here realize very quickly they ain't so woke. You not woke. <laughs> you not woke. Nah. Wakanda, everybody had guns <laughs> and spears and everything else you needed. Yeah, I'm like you don't, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't. You can't continue to be the lackey. Yeah. Like, people are accusing you of being a lackey of the NRA. Well, you're a lackey of the progressive movement. Woo-hoo-hoo. There's a lot, a lot to break down. <laughs> yes. In, in that little clip right there. Yes. Yeah. Let, let me start first, though, by reading a tweet by Tariq Nasheed, uh, a controversial yes. uh, gentleman himself. He AKA said, King Flicks. Yes, <laughs> AKA documentaries that are good until they start adding in stuff that's not fact, all kinds of stuff with Tariq. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he have a book like How to Be a Mac or a Player? And then he did, because he started out, yeah, we, we can talk about Tariq a whole lot. Okay, I'm, I'm quoting okay. him, just take it for what it is, okay? Yeah. He says, I love Killer Mike, that's my brother. He made some excellent points about black gun ownership. The problem is, 
He is talking about it on the NRA platform and the NRA could give less than a damn about protecting black people's second amendment rights as the family of Philando Castile. Mic drop. Mic drop. Mic drop. Yeah. So anytime, mm-hmm. and I want to quote another another t- uh, uh-huh. Twitter person, uh-huh. uh, Xavier D'Lo, uh-huh. I believe, and his uh, username is a disappointing public figure. I don't know this guy, but I saw his tweet and uh-huh. he said, even Tariq Nasheed said Killer Mike was lo- was wrong. We are living in dark and perilous <laughs> <laughs> which I found hilarious because you know what? Not to even get off into a big, deep conversation about mm-hmm. Tariq. Mm-hmm. Um, I rock with him on some small points, yes. but by and large, I'm looking at him like, like dude, yes. like, oh my God, yes. here we go with the craziness. Uh-huh. So even for him to come out and say, okay, look, killer, Mike, you were, you know, dead ass wrong. Yeah. It's saying a lot. Yes. Uh, saying a is. lot. Yeah. There are so many, so many issues with this. Yeah. This whole my first one was, why are you doing this on the NRS platform? That exactly. was my biggest one. Just, you know, as Tariq said, I felt yeah. that this should have been something that you could have done on any other platform. Any other platform. Uh, that was black owned, uh, black yeah. supported. Uh, it should not have been done on this platform. Mm-hmm. And for the reason, you know, a reason that Tariq gave, like exactly. uh, they didn't come out uh, quickly, if you will, to yeah. speak on behalf of Philando Castile. They did come out a year later with a statement on mm-hmm. that issue, but it didn't come out quickly. And even no. in the statement, they were pretty hesitant on you know saying hey, we're gonna still wait for the facts to come out before yeah. we render a you know an opinion or mm-hmm. on this topic but mm-hmm. you know choose your platform wisely and Listen. not allow yourself to be used by white people when it is convenient for them mm-hmm. to use you and so exactly. I, I kind of felt like that with killer mind like you got to be careful when you go into white spaces yes. to speak on an issue that you know that they support because they're just mm-hmm. using you as a token exactly and, and that's how I felt immediately upon watching this yeah i thought it was a huge problem and even the the interviewer he Mm -hmm. is a black man there are so many issues with it because it's framed Mm -hmm. to be this this certain way Mm -hmm. as if this is the black voice you know the nr endorses you know a black voice Mm -hmm. speaking out about gun ownership and it's complete bullshit Mm -hmm. so i wanted to point out another um tweet so joanne reed uh uh, you guys know her television journalist Mm -hmm. Uh she said um let me pull it up. She said, Killer Mike co-signing an organization that traffics in threats against the media, including black women that ignored Philando Castile and that pushes gun sales through black and brown scare videos is his choice. It's also proof the NRA knows that, knows that the teenagers are beating them. Mm-hmm. So to follow up that, Killer Mike has really backtracked a lot of his comments. He's okay. hopped on Twitter to backtrack, you know, a lot of things, basically to clean it up. Uh-huh. Oh, I was just doing an, an right. interview is what he said. Joy, right. I did an interview. That's mm-hmm. no more a co-sign than me doing your show. That's that right. org used my words to Black Amira to inflame organizers mm-hmm. of this more of this worthy march, meaning the march for our lives. Uh-huh. But I ain't their rep. I'm just a black guy who is pro 2A and told others to be. Also, it was a week of love and respect. So that speaks specifically to your point because this interview came out mm. on March 22nd. The March for Our Lives was on March 24th. That's right. So the timing of it was very, very odd. Uh-huh. Um, but it goes uh-huh. back to that protecting your voice. So yes. he has a right to believe whatever it is he wants to believe as an individual. Mm-hmm. He has a right under the Second Amendment to own a handgun yes. if he wants to or yes. whatever yes. other yes. type of gun yes. if he wants to. Yes. But where it comes into an issue is when he tries to say, oh, I'm just speaking up for black people and I hopped on this platform, you know, I was just, you know, trying to speak up for black people. 
When in reality, it's like, no, you should have really thought very, very carefully about what it is that you were doing. NRA TV, like, there's nothing that you can tell me to make that right. <laughs> nothing. Not a damn mm-hmm. thing. There's nothing that you can nothing. tell me to make that right. You could have done it on your own social media platform. It still would have got retweets, likes, shares, Everywhere. and views. Everywhere. There was a Twitter user named Darling Ebony <laughs> who said, Killer Mark clearly has not studied NRA history. When the Black yeah. Panthers were defending themselves against police brutality, which was and is tyrannical government, and the very thing that the Second Amendment was meant for, the NRA supported gun control in yeah. the form of the Mulford Act. The Mulford Act was a law passed in California that mm-hmm. repealed the, allowing the public to carry loaded firearms. Wow. Yes. Wow. So when I read that, I'm like, yes, yes. Why were you on a platform that actually supported gun control for once yes. when it came to black, to people. black people? Yeah, so many problems. Uh, another thing that I find very, very interesting is that the interview was sponsored by Mossberg, which is a gun maker. So, bullshit <sighs> again. It was an advertisement. Over oh and over and over again. Like I said before, there's absolutely nothing that you can tell me to make this right. See, every everybody's so anxious to make their point, right? And yeah. to be heard. Yeah. Like, he, he said in the interview, you know, if my kids had walked out on you know this mm-hmm. day um they wouldn't go they wouldn't allow back in the house i told wow. them that right mm-hmm. yeah uh so you know you feel strongly about this mm-hmm. that's fine you already have a platform yes. you are a celebrity yes. mm-hmm. why would you choose to go through this extremely obviously racist organization mm-hmm. that the nra is a racist organization Okay. Mm-hmm. Why would you choose to go on that platform to speak your piece? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make not, any not sense. Not at all. Furthermore, and then there were some other things that in the larger um, conversation, if you watch the entire clip, mm-hmm. he points out some things. Uh, he says black people should train uh, with and own guns. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to debate him on that fact one way or the other. Okay. He is a gun owner. Mm-hmm. That's his choice. That's other people's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that he pointed out, he said something about, you know, uh, endorsing the fight of your allies. So him and the interviewer went on this long tangent mm-hmm. about black people mm-hmm. hopping on bandwagons of their allies as mm-hmm. if the March for Our Lives Right. was this you know this allied right. movement he was like where are these people when you guys are fighting for the 13th amendment okay look what okay look exactly <laughs> wait what yeah that was so, my reaction no, as well what stood out to me on that comment was uh, i i don't know i don't have a percentage but i would have to hazard a guess at the very least 50 percent of black people that are in jail um under this 13th amendment mm-hmm. form of slavery mm-hmm. Are there because of guns? I'm sure guns yeah. had a lot to do I'm with sure. the reason why they're. I'm sure. So how is that? Yeah. How is that not even related? Yeah, there are there are a few different issues with that. Um, I thought it was really really odd. And then furthermore, I'm just like, how many lives have to be lost due to gun violence? Um, America is the most murderous nation in the world (laughs) when it comes to homicides via guns i am going to always state this point there is no reason why one individual Mm -hmm. needs a high-powered assault rifle i agree with you it's only purpose is to kill 
that is the only purpose for having something like yes, that. Absolutely. If you are protecting your home and you have a handgun or a shotgun, whatever. So I'm always going to be pro stricter gun mm -hmm. laws. That's mm -hmm. just my own mm -hmm. personal you know stance on the issue. You know what's interesting is one of the uh, NRA supporters and the NRA's biggest stances on the Second Amendment is the point of the Second Amendment was to allow citizens to form a militia in case the government yes. try to yes. be you know take over and basically make it into um well, i don't know a dictatorship yep. or whatever right right? Mm -hmm. right these are the same people that would praise trump and conservatives for putting more tax dollars into the military yes. we have the strongest <laughs> military mm -hmm. in the world there yeah. is no militia no. formed in this country no matter what the weapons are that you have mm -hmm. that is going to defeat the american military Not going nothing to at all so i yeah. think that's the wrong way of going about it well i have an automatic weapons so the government ain't gonna take my land oh yes my they and by force and, and by, by force. force. That's right. And if you think as a black person or a brown person in this country, that your ass is about to get away with that, you, you got not. another thing coming. You not. So on every end, I'm not understanding Killer Mike's, his, his thought process by taking this interview and thinking right. it was going to be okay. Like, what did you think was going to happen? I don't know. By doing because it? at the end of the day, if you do get gun control, it's going to come towards us. Absolutely. And we're always going to be at the other end of a gun like you know what I mean like yeah. it's us who we're being killed so I don't yeah. understand where he's going with this I I do wonder are there other organizations out there that are primarily fueled by black people in support of the second amendment where are they there are some <laughs> uh I can't think of the name of the organization right now but it's a grassroots organization and honestly um I think that it would be very very uh not wise for a person of color to, to start an organization such as that. Mm. I could see oh. a lot of uh, no-fly, you being on a no-fly list, feds or checking your, your Facebooks Dang. and Twitters and everything else. Dang! It, it, the, the rule does not apply across the board. It's one of those rules that do not apply across the board. Black and brown people organizing and deciding, okay, we're going to get together with our guns and start an organization. The shit would be shut down. Immediately. Immediately. Dang. So, look. Dang. I mean, he can feel how he wants to feel. The interview was in poor taste. I'm not buying any of his follow-up mm. to try to clean it up. There's a lot of issues. A lot of issues with it. Mm. And all it did was inflame yes. the voices of yes. those I... that uh, yeah, oh. are very violent towards black and brown people. So, you said it before. You have to, you know, watch what you lend your your voice and your energy yes, to you so do. yeah that's completely frivolous in my opinion mm, mm, mm. Yeah. any other thoughts and comments in the room um yeah I, uh -huh. you know the the funny thing to me is i i've always said this about um people with home gun ownership uh mm -hmm. and and hunting right uh -huh. i've known many a person that owned guns and someone broke into their home and you were killed yep. or you yeah. had a yep. gun in your car yep. and you were killed yeah uh a firearm does not create a protective bubble it around you a false so sense it when people say it's for my protection it does not protect you it's who can get to it first exactly um and then ooh, ooh. as far as hunting goes what do you think 
people were using for a millennia plus before gunpowder was created. Uh -huh. they Bows were, and arrows. They were yeah. using, before the bow. Spears. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> rocks. Rocks, like yeah. That. We, Our bare hands. Oh my <laughs> God, no. No. Long before, it's, it's an excuse yeah. to own a gun. Like, uh -huh. you know, have, I don't know if you've even read that story, Trezenay, on Prime News about uh, the guy who shot the young black woman in a fit of road rage just exiting, trying to get on the on-ramp. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. I haven't. It's a, it's a, it's not a recent story, um, but yeah. I know what you're referring to. It's, it's like it's story after story. There was a, a young white man killed a, a young black girl who had just graduated high school, mm -hmm. was on her way to college. She literally mm -hmm. was on her way to college. Yeah. Yep. And it's he went on a run. It's listen. I served. I I have been proficient in weapons of varying uh, types. Uh, I'm a an experienced uh, archer, uh, I'm an experienced marksman across the board, mm -hmm. and I tell people they are used to kill. Yes, absolutely. Period. And the Point thing blank. with they that are is offensive weapons. On offensive. piggyback on that, all the gun control laws of other countries, there's a number of criteria you have to satisfy, yes. but a one that is echoes in all of the laws is what is your need for it? Yeah. You have to prove you have a need for it. And one of them is if you're trying to use it for hunting, they'll say sure, but they have like lock boxes at the hunting places mm -hmm. that you have to leave your gun at. And then yeah. if you need it for any kind of personal protection, you have to go through a rigmarole to prove why you need it for security or protection. And I, I'm pretty sure that isn't just granted willy nilly because it was yeah. a lot of steps in proving your needs. So beyond yeah. background check, beyond ability, you know, do you have, oh, a lot of them required lock boxes with special keys and made by specific people. Yeah. Like it's hoop after hoop after hoop because at the end of the day, as the revolution said, mm -hmm. they are offensive and they are designed to kill. Absolutely. Why we are allowed to have them all willy nilly, I will never understand. Yeah. And Money. It comes, yeah. Yeah. Money. It makes absolutely no sense. So while I think um, in this whole conversation, when you go back to Killer Mike and this journalist from the NRI TV mm -hmm. and the conversation that they had, one thing that really agitated me is that while people are so busy fighting for their rights to have these murderous weapons and to have access to them, mm -hmm. Uh, what's being lost is these young people yeah. and their voice yeah. of wanting change. Right. That's why people, you know, they can make all the comments that they want to about this post-millennial generation mm -hmm. that I can't remember the name of right now. <laughs> but long story short, uh -huh. um, I feel like the world is definitely headed towards a positive place mm -hmm. because of what it is that they're doing. So them gathering together and using their voices to say enough is enough we need to make a change. We have to make the world pay attention mm -hmm. to this very, very crucial issue. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be in support of that 100%. So for these two grown men to hop together and get together and have mm -hmm. this conversation about, mm -hmm. oh, well, we're just trying to make sure that black people can have access to their guns or ah. this uh, foolishness sponsored by a gun maker <laughs> and a bunch of racist ass white people. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, and it's belittling the voices of these young people. Yes, it is belittling the voice yeah. of the young people. I think that's a great place to end. 
um, this segment. Thank you so much, Ebony. Thank you for letting me run my mouth. <laughs> Listen, you are allowed to do that here at the Fifth yeah. Column Network. We always love having you. Always have great commentary. Thank you, J. Cole, you for it. being on the show as well. <laughs> no and problem. our wonderful producer, The Revolution. Oh, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all so much for watching. This has been another episode of the Sunday edition. Uh, we're on every single Sunday uh, on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. Uh, YouTube and Facebook, the Fifth Column Network, on uh, Instagram and Twitter at un FCN underscore one. Um, we have shows on tomorrow, Monday, with Prime News at 7 p.m. featuring Moi doing the news and Jayco doing prime sports on Tuesday. We'll have the Black Lightning pregame show hosted by the Revolution. Wednesday, we will have uh, Hoke Tone doing the Woo Show, your weekly recap of all things WWE, UFC, MMA, and other indie wrestling. And following that will be the finale episode of uh, American Crime Story, the Gianni Versace assassination pregame show <laughs> hosted by myself. And then Thursday, we'll be back again with Prime News at 7 p.m., the Thursday Wind Down hosted by Starla K. Mathis. Following that, True Baller Thursday with the Reggie Mathis and Jacob was at all things basketball in the NBA. This has been another episode of the Sunday edition. Thank you guys for watching. What happens tonight? You have two shows. Oh, my God. Oh my, oh, my God. I'm going to get hate mail from the other talent, FCN. Tonight, after this, we have Speak on it at 7 p.m., with Nikila Shanna and Mr. Majors, all things relationship. And then following that, We the Dead, a pregame show hosted by The Reggie Mathis. So stay tuned. If you haven't, like, subscribe, and follow so you get those notifications to your phone that we are live. Stay tuned for Speak On It at 7 p.m. We will see you guys next time.